All right. We're live. We're going. Oh, okay. So we're live here, guys. This is uh, Two and a Half Chicks. And uh, we are a close-knit group of people that uh, we laugh. We talk. We talk mundane. We talk about life's funny things and life's serious things. And we just thought we would take this public and share our zany, unfiltered, sky-is-the-limit conversations. What do you guys think? Anything to add? I was just happy today because I came home and I found my Amazon Prime package with my ear cleaning device. And I was really, really excited about it. That's what life has come to. You're excited about ear cleaning. No, no, my life has come to me opening up a bag of gummy bears and eating gummy bears all the time and pints of Haagen-Dazs. You're coming off a little cynical, I have to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's lonely in Reno. Sorry, Brian. Oh, it is what it is. Yeah, but your pack makes it better, right? Yes. My pap smear makes it better. Absolutely. That's what it feels like. I'm being patch-smeared rectally. So how's everybody's day going? How did everybody do today? Did good. Getting ready to travel. Lots of discussions about this podcast coming up until now and finally came to fruition. So I guess we should describe what the uh, Two and a Half Chicks is. We came up with the name Two and a Half Chicks because this half a chick is very in touch with their feminine side and basically is considered one of the girls. Um Every time my old friend, my friends from back home in Jersey go out, they invite me with them. I get the female perspective on things. They get the male perspective slash female perspective from me. So I think that me being raised with four women, my mom and three sisters in the house, you know, didn't have to do much work. My father was an auto mechanic and a uh, roofing and siding person my brothers took after him and I got to do whatever I want I got to play sports and become artistic and paint and play guitar and basically learn how to become in touch with my feminine side I am not gay although I've been accused of it many times <laughs> uh, I'm as straight as straight could be but I can I can hang with the best of them. You can talk about your periods. You can talk about your mammograms, your scrapings, whatever you want to talk about. I'm in. That's me. I'm the half chick. Yeah, I'm Tess, and Monica is also on here, and we are Brian's confidants, right, Brian? A hundred percent. Tess is actually my first cousin. Uh, yeah. Monica is one of my best friends in the world, and they get to hear everything. I think that people live vicariously through me. To be honest with you, it's it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time. You live very bravely. You know, you live braver than most. Like, you have more adventure. And, you know, I think a lot of people do live vicariously through people that aren't afraid to live their life fully. So. I agree. You take risks. And sometimes they pay off. Sometimes they don't. And Monica's favorite line to me is, oh, Brian. Especially when you told me you did something to get back at somebody. That's what I would say the most. Like, oh, Brian. Yeah, oh, I could be a little vindictive. Actually, I could be a lot vindictive. I'm working on that. <laughs> I've been so vindictive in a long time. Well, kind of it goes with being a, you know, a little bit of the heritage too. Yeah. That heritage of, you know, once somebody wrongs you, you're pretty much done with it. Yeah, it's, it's tough being Italian, French, and from New Jersey. And when somebody does you wrong, you feel like, oh, feel a little Tony Soprano in you, you know? Me, I've been a California transplant from Rhode Island. So I've got East Coast blood in me, but I've been on the West Coast for a while. And I know that I feel 100% at ease when I'm around somebody with that East Coast mentality and that no filter mentality. 
you can take the girl out of the East Coast, can't take the East Coast out of the girl. I know that's why I love having these conversations because they're honest, they're brutally honest, they're unfiltered. And, you know, you know where you stand with people, good and bad. You don't wonder. You don't get somebody smiling to your face and then stabbing you in the back. No, that's definitely not an East Coast quality. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> East Coast will tell you they hate you right to your face. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then take you out for a beer afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's comfortable. That's like better than not knowing where you stand with somebody. Yeah, well, I have a really great friend. Her name's Tia. And I had a wine party. Oh, yes, I remember. I got a little pompous talking about the wine. This is this and this is that. This costs this much. This costs that. She said, pump the brakes, dude. You're from Manville. <laughs> she said, you're not that impressive. And it slapped me in the face. And you know what? Never talked about it again. You want to drink the wine, drink the wine. I don't care if it's a $5 bottle or a $200 bottle now. Now you just drink it. Yeah, because you were getting mad because people were bringing $13 bottles of wine and you had $35. I had a very expensive wine refrigerator filled with very expensive wine. And then people were bringing 13 crimes. The, the, was it leapfrog or what the hell kind of frog or something like that? And I was like, oh yeah, you're going to bring that and then you're going to open up my Camus and my Lark Mead. And she's like, well. So well, not only is it BYOD, but BYOD with a certain value. <laughs> well, it was. <laughs> it was for a minute. I'm just kidding. She, no, no, it was fair. It was fair. She slapped me in the face, basically, met, you know, metaphorically and said, you need to stop that. You need to stop ever acting like that. I know where you came from. I've known you since you were five. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> ouch. It's hard to pull the wool over somebody from the East Coast size. That's all I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I love that. But see, we do it because we care. True. Like there have been times where I, like Brian, I've told you like, Brian, yes. this is this, this is that. It's like, I care about you and I want you to see the, like outside your perspective. <laughs> Yeah, I will say that the reason I choose you guys as confidants, you play devil's advocate better than anyone I've ever met. You will call me on my BS. And you'll also tell me, what are you doing with her? <laughs> <laughs> you deserve better. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. You do the same thing. You you play devil's advocate too. And it's really important to hear that other perspective. I just don't do it as well as you guys. You know, I'm the dum-dum of the group. Let's face it. You guys are like just so educated in my world. That. That's why we're the two and a half chicks and I'm getting stepped on on the eggshell on the artwork. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to be this, you know, MBA, master's degree person. I don't have that kind of education. You got to explain things so I can understand them, you know. I'm like a Forrest <laughs> Gump over here. Like we said, Brian, you're the bravest person, one of the bravest people we know. So Thank you, Monica. Inside, I'm terrified. But, you know, sometimes you get forced into things and you got to just try it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Monica, what's your story? I'm not afraid to say I'm 50 years old. I just turned 50. Tell them about the shirt. Oh, yeah. I don't have a shirt on right now, but I did get a shirt, and I took a picture with it and posted it on Instagram, saying, this is what 50 looks like. And you know what? I can't wear this shirt anymore, because I washed it the first time, and the letters all came off. I was so <laughs> mad. Oh, no. Oh, God. I was so upset. Like, okay, so I curse a lot. Motherfucker! <laughs> stole my money yet another thing that makes me comfortable oh yeah i curse. oh yeah brian can tell you i curse like a sailor oh yeah she does and like everybody thinks like i'm such a sweet little one i'm such a sweet little monica and all of a sudden motherfucker what the hell are you what the fuck are you? And yeah people are like what the hell sometimes i look at her and do monica <laughs> <laughs> when did you turn 50 january end of january all right i'm just six months ahead of you so it's good it's good i'm okay with that I, I was telling Brian, I did decide recently that I'm going to go back and get my master's. So oh, good for that's you. going on with me. 
And so it's going to be funny because I have boys who are going into college and I'm going to be doing going to college too, but online, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going into the classes with the 20 years old kids. That's it. No, no, she's going Rodney full on Rodney Dangerfield. I know, right? Parties. (laughs) People are going to be hanging out at her house. Monica's going to be the one in the jacuzzi where the guy's underwater. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I I wish I was that brave, Brian. (laughs) I'm going to be the one. Actually, I'm going to be the one that's going to see the young girls making dumb mistakes and sitting them down and telling them what they're doing wrong. That's what I'm going to be doing. Mama bear. Like, you're going to regret this. Going after this guy 20 years from now, you're going to regret this. That's awesome. Well, yeah, same coming from the woman that says, you know, I wish I would have done a lot more things when I was young. I know. I know. No, that's what I'm going to be telling them. Forget the boyfriend. Go sow your oats. That's right. Yeah, Monica tells me all the time, why girl sluts and guys aren't? Why can't we just do what we want? And I'm like, you can. You go do what you want. They can. Actually, that's becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, but when I was younger, it wasn't a thing. No, you're right. It was not a thing. I'd like to see more of that out here. You'd like to meet a few girls that are more sexually empowered? Yeah, I'd like that. (laughs) That wouldn't be a problem. So, yeah, just going on. Brian and I worked together in 2016, and we sat six feet from each other for five years until they broke us up. And we cried the whole time. Yes. Well, I cried. Monica's not really a crier. I don't really cry. We have plenty of stories we could share about how Brian cries at movies and I just sit there like, okay. <laughs> yeah. When Monica asked me if I want a scarf because I ran out of tissues, I got a scarf. That's all I got left. If you want to cry that's into hilarious. that? Yeah, that's what I want to. Thank you. I saw La La Land twice. I loved you it. You cried both times too. It's the ending, you know? I still haven't seen it. Is that crazy? I haven't seen it yet. I guess I need to see it. You're from the area. Maybe it's not so Maybe exciting. Maybe it's so exciting, yeah. Not only that, it's it's so hyped up at this point. If you see it now, you might actually hate it. Oh, yeah. I yeah. agree. I got made fun of so many times for saying, you went to go see La La Land? And I said, no. Saw it twice. Yeah, it was the same thing happens when we saw The Greatest Showman. You were crying from the first scene. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and he, and I, he was crying so much and I wasn't crying. He looked over me. He says, you're so heartless. <laughs> 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 It's so funny. I tell you, Monica, right? I, I don't know why I'm not gay. <laughs> it just boggles my mind. Well, that's a whole episode right there. Oh, my God. It was funny. I was telling man, I told you guys. I went out on a date with someone, and they told me I wasn't masculine enough for them. And, you know, it was funny. I was so kind of upset with them for thinking that. You know, I mean, yes, I cry a lot. I won't fix your car. I'm not going to put up sheetrock. You know what I mean? I dress nice. I pluck. You know what I mean? I trim. I manscape, I put on colognes, I put on facial serum. Okay, yeah, I get that. And I was pissed. And I remember talking to you, Tess, at the time. I was in the bathtub with a glass of wine with all kinds of scented Epsom salts. And I said, I friggin' am gay. I'm bad-mouthing this woman, and here I am. Look at me. I'm singing a tub with a glass of wine. With the lavender-scented soap. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm the gayest Look, person I know. Look, it just means that you can appreciate some of the finer things in life. That's all. One of my best friends, Joel, back in Jersey, said to me, do not adopt their outfits. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am struggling right now. I mean, oh, my God. There's a whole bunch of other women that would complain that men aren't sensitive enough. So you can't win for losing. I'm all in the bedroom, you know, but outside that, we've been watching a movie. I'm like, I'm your girlfriend. I think it's kind of funny, though, 
because I'm like Monica, like I don't cry easily at all. Yes. And it's funny because I also tell people when I describe Tess, I say, Tess is very stoic and she will listen to everything you say. And if she wins the lottery or if somebody dies, she has the same poker face. Oh my God. You're not the only person that's told me that. Oh my goodness. So Monica, going back to you, I know I cut you off because we start talking about you and then I would rather what you can do is make me laugh again by telling you about the t-shirt when you got that, how you were the first person ever to speak to a kiosk t-shirt maker for an hour or two because it makes me laugh. So I go up to the kiosk. It was a young guy. I mean, he was in his 20s and I'm actually very guarded around men because I don't like them to think I'm flirting. So I completely let my guard down because I thought he was a kid. So I tell him I want a t-shirt. And I want to know how much it costs. And he says, well, what is it you're going to put on there? And I said, this is what 50 looks like. I was, And I even like got all cutesy. He's like, 50? Because you do not look 50. I'm like, well, thank you. But I am 50. I'm turning 50 in two months. And he goes, oh. And then he goes, are you married? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, where is this? I'm like, at that point, I'm like thinking, where is this guy going with this? He's like a kid. I thought he was a kid. I'm not expecting him to do this. And he goes, and what are you thinking about doing on your birthday? I said, I really just want to go to the beach and just sit at the beach and drink a Mai Tai and just relax on the beach. That's all I want to do. He goes, well, are you going with someone? I said, no, uh, just by myself is fine. He goes, well, if you want, I'll go with you. Keep in mind, this is a kiosk guy. Okay, I'm not belittling it. A job is a job. But this is the same person that probably next week is like, hey, you would like try right. a sample of this cologne? You want to buy an iPhone case? So what did you say? I literally felt like somebody had thrown water in my face and I was sputtering it out like, I didn't know what to say. Like, uh, like, (laughs) oh my God, this guy just came on to me. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to say. And I said, "Uh, no, that's okay. No problem. Thank you very much, though. And then, you know, at this point, I don't remember the conversation very well, but we started talking and. He was asking me questions and I had nothing to do that night. It was a Saturday night. I was bored. I was just going to go home. So I was just like talking to him and the guy started talking about his views on life. And it was pretty interesting. And on how men don't like their women to have too many partners because they like to be kings of their own kingdom. And they don't like it when a king, these were his exact words. They don't like it when other kings have lived in their kingdom. He fascinated me, really, because I just thought, oh, my God. And and then I asked him, like, how old are you? He goes, I'm old enough. I, at, at that point, I was just, like, amused by him, like, when he started talking. So I let him talk and just keep going and going and going. And I would counter him. You know, I didn't argue with him because very rarely do I argue about this stuff. And I didn't want to waste my anger on him. So I was just really. And, and I would I would counter what he was saying. But saying things like the happiest marriages are the ones that where women are submissive to their husband and that's the way it's supposed to be. Like his mother is very submissive yeah. to his father. And then well, saying that, you know, there are girls that you marry and there are girls that you don't. I mean, like, I felt like I was in the <laughs> 80s again. <laughs> and he kept asking me like three times throughout the whole conversation. He's asking me like, so I can give you my number if you want. I'm like. Does he really think? I love that Monica was so upset with this guy and didn't realize this is a kiosk. I went for a, this is a 
what 50s looks like t-shirts, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He even offered to become a counselor for me so that I could meet my forever person. Oh. That's the two hours, all that, all this stuff was going wow. on. It was, yeah, it was, it was funny because was when amazing. she told me the story, really she said, you're not going to believe this. Wow. I met this guy at the mall <sighs> at a kiosk and he was flirting with me. And the first thing I said, did you get some dick? And then the rest of the story was like, <laughs> why did you stay for two and a half more it hours? It was so funny because I don't know if he thought he was winning me over with his viewpoints. So... Right before I left, I said, I have to go now. Finally, after standing there listening to him. And last thing he says, I can still give you my number. And I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good. Oh. You take care. Kind of makes you wonder what he says on his dating profile. I, I, You guys, in that same vein, I was having dinner and drinks with a colleague one time. And somehow we got talking about, you know, girls that, how did he word it? Girls that, you know, are out there and show their bodies and more like stripper type women or this, that. And he's like, I really respect them. And I said, oh, you do? Do you? I said, would you respect your wife if she did that? And he stopped and he looked at me and he was like, oh, why'd you have to do that? He showed that there was that girl for bed and the girl for best, right? Oh, I really like this woman who's visually pleasing to me, but not if it's my wife, you know? I don't know. I'd like to think I was cool enough to say, yeah, I'm okay with that. You know, (laughs) you got it, flaunt it. What if it was your husband was a male dancer? Would you care? I wouldn't care. I'd be fine with it. That's what I mean, right? My husband's good looking. It's like, sure. I'm actually quite entertained by the attention my husband gets on stage. My husband's a musician, plays in a tribute band, and he gets a lot of female attention. And it's not, you know, he's not stripping. It's different. You know, I can't say it's the same thing, but he actually gets in situations that make him more uncomfortable. He gets hit on by people. They're not always women he's attracted to. (laughs) So I sit back and laugh and watch from a distance. Actually. Yeah, I don't know if I could sit there and go to a strip club and watch it happen. I don't, yeah. Like, you know, like, but, you know, I, if they came home and just took a quick shower, right. <laughs> I, I'd be okay. Now, mind you, I haven't been to a strip club since I was like 21 years old, 22 years old. I don't know. But I do remember that scent and it was like stripper perfume. But Tess, we, I mean, I kind of went into myself, but we didn't really hear about you. Put on your seatbelt. Oh, let me see. <laughs> My story's not that exciting. Uh... Yeah, no, just um, just work too much. Married 22 years, kid going off to college. Um, yeah, like I said, East Coast transplant into the West Coast, never really blended into the West Coast, but built a life here. So kind of kind of stuck on the West Coast. I promised I'd never move out of the West Coast because while my son was going to school, because that's what happened to me. Moved in the middle of high school. So stayed here, built up a, a good career. Um have a musician for a husband. Um, yeah, not a lot too exciting. Well, Tess, you got a trip this weekend though, right? Yeah, heading out to Arizona to look at Arizona State University. And then next weekend, Utah. Weekend after, Penn State. So yeah, we're doing like four colleges, four weeks. We'll now, are where, you we'll driving to up. Penn State or are you flying to Penn State? Flying. Flying to Penn, uh, flying to Utah, driving to Arizona. Flying to Reno. He's considering Reno too. Penn State and Arizona are really expensive. He's getting a break at Utah and Reno, financial break in the Western Undergraduate Exchange Program. So we're checking it out. We'll see what happens. I, you know, I, Penn State seems to be his biggest choice right now, but it's further from home. So we'll see. Definitely cheaper to put a condom on. Definitely. Yeah. But that ship sailed. No, hey, I just had this conversation with someone tonight. I was like, man, they said, how would you feel if a kid showed up at your doorstep? I said, I'd be really happy. 
You know, I wouldn't mind if somebody came up. Like we just talked about this earlier. It, it would have been nice did. to have a kid, yeah. you know, come up to you when you're 18 and you don't have to worry about anything. Go out with them and hang out and have fun stuff to do. Yeah. It's awesome as they get older and they become people like that you genuinely like. Yeah. You know, I was in my car driving today and I was thinking about what it's going to be like when he moves out of state. And I started crying. I was like, oh, my God, I haven't dealt with this yet because I'm thinking I'm trying to make all the plans right now. But I know when I have to leave that dorm and leave him in another state, it's going to be hard. But a lot of parents go through it. You know, a lot of parents go through it. So I'll survive. They always come back, though. Well, unless they move away, they move away, then they don't come back. But if they're still close to you afterwards, they come back. I think they come back if they don't, as long as they don't get involved with a female. Because mm-hmm. the boys tend to lean towards the, the female family. family. Yeah, that's what happened with our families. Yeah, our parents. Girls stick around the parents and the family and the boys just say, oh, that's yeah, true. that was nice. Just, they follow the girls. You know, oh, once he goes out there, he's going to meet someone. He ain't never come back. <laughs> About you? Yeah. Who said that? Mm-hmm. Duke? Yeah. When I fall, I fall hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Too hard. You know, not the right person. Mm-hmm. Well, because the right person usually makes no. me too hard, and that's the problem. Yeah. There's something to be said for being committed. Yeah, I should have been committed twice already. <laughs> the last two choices I made. So so I guess we could uh, wrap this one up. Yeah. All right, kids. This was awesome. awesome. I had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yep. And I'm going to actually yeah. try my... We'll get, we'll get better at it. And I'm going to try my earwax removal thing tonight, too. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's the excitement of my day. 